Today on the news and why it matters, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump both accuse each other of having a meltdown after a meeting uh, between Democrat leaders and the White House. We have got the details. Who was it really who was having a meltdown? Don't change the channel. It starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Gonzalez. For those of you Hispanics out there, you're welcome, Beto. Uh, joined today by Stuber here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Aaron Colon. Hello. From TheBlaze.com, uh, who just wrote a really awesome editorial op-ed about the Fort Worth shooting that everyone needs to go see on TheBlaze.com right now. It is up there. It's on the, the trending stories. And Mr. Rob Eno, Blaze Media Critic. Thanks, Thanks for being here. Uh, we got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So Relief Factor is for people like maybe my husband, who literally was just out there earlier and turned I'm not kidding. He went like this and then went, oh, my God, my back. And now he's been complaining about his back since. It's like, I'm like, what did you do? I don't know. I just turned. I, like, and it was a small turn, too. So if you just, if you just, you just hurt. He's <laughs> in my ear. He doesn't like that. I just told you guys that story. Uh, if you just hurt all the time and you don't know why uh, or you're to the age like my husband is where you just can't function and do things like stand up straight and walk, um, Relief Factor is for you. It is 100% drug free. It targets the inflammation in your body. That's usually the cause of your pain. You don't realize it. You don't need to take big pharmaceutical drugs just to mask what's going on. You don't need to, you know, go do acupuncture. Okay, I'm not going to say you don't need to go get a massage because go get your massages. But in addition to that, you got to try Relief Factor. Get the three-week quick start pack. It works for the majority of people who use this three-week quick start pack. They go on to keep ordering more. So you can get that for $19.95. All you have to do is go to relieffactor.com or you can call 800-500-8384. That is relieffactor.com. Get out of pain. It's life-changing. What are you waiting for? Relieffactor.com. So... Everyone's talking about this crazy meeting that uh, the White House had with Democrat leaders last night. They were talking about the issues uh, going on in Turkey and Syria. And of course, you know, the Democrats now all of a sudden are really upset that Trump would dare pull troops out of somewhere. They're very, very pro troops going into foreign countries now. Um, but so, Aaron, what was it that, that transpired that you heard uh, we, that we were discussing off air? What I heard was that when Trump sat down, he didn't want to be there, first of all. <laughs> and he said, you guys want this meeting so you guys can have it. And here we are. And they probably didn't really talk about anything before he called, apparently, Nancy Pelosi a third grade or third rate politician. Um, I don't I know which be one is better or worse. Hilarious. Uh, that apparently sent her over the edge and she was out. <laughs> So, and, and, so much for Syria, I And guess. I believe that these comments uh, came after uh, Trump made the, the comment that the Kurds uh, there. There's some commies there. You guys might like that. Yeah. Right. The, these Kurds over here, they're commies, which you guys would probably like. Well, how dare he say something like that? And then that is where we got the, do we have the picture? Do we have the picture of Nancy Pelosi? There she is. She is, she's standing up in the middle of that meeting wagging her finger at President Trump, who is sitting there. He looks to be She's calm as a cucumber. She's taking sexism right there in that picture. Don't even get me started, Aaron. Nevertheless, we're gonna, she persisted. We're, we're gonna get, <laughs> we are going to get to that part of it because it's driving me 
bonkers listening to all these feminists like, oh my gosh, how strong and brave of her to stand up and shake her finger at President Trump. Shut up. Uh, so <laughs> here is a little bit of what uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer had to say in their little press conference that they held after the meeting. Watch. Witness on the part of the president was a meltdown. Sad to say. Speaker Pelosi, did the impeachment come up? It did not come up. Not at all. No, it did not come up. It did not come up. But he called you a communist? Can you just elaborate on that? He did not call us a communist. He said, yes. He said, let's just clarify that. He said the communists are taking or some of isis were communists and you would be happy that might make you happy that might make you happy and the speaker said yes we walked out at that point yeah no at the point that he was when he started calling speaker pelosi a third-rate politician i said i wish you were a politician mr president then you would know the art of the possible on both sides stayed behind. They wanted questions. I waited a moment because I wanted questions. to ask him the question about intelligence reports on the Turks and Syrians guarding ISIS. So, Stu, Nancy Pelosi calling for uh, prayers for President Trump because he very clearly is a very sick man. President Trump, of course, tweeted about it because he can't help but tweet about it, but also kind of said the same thing about Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi needs help fast. There's either something wrong with her upstairs or she just plain doesn't like our great country. How do these people keep getting elected? This, that, was a, that was a train wreck. That was a circus right there. I don't know. We have a lot of government programs and so we need one for better comebacks because uh, <laughs> as of right now, that's, that I mean, one that's didn't that awful. One, uh, did not land. Um, you know, it's, it, first of all, we should I had heard this, they were talking about ISIS and communists, and I think what they were talking about were the Kurds, the Kurds. Syrian Kurds, which yes. large portions of them actually yes. are Marxists. Um, that, you know, didn't stop us from fighting with them, uh, as they point, we pointed out earlier that it's, you know, they are a designated terrorist group, um, you know, uh, legally. However, they did work very well with us and fought our battles against ISIS, and, and we're very helpful there. Uh, but that does not stop them from having a belief in Marxism, which right. they, they do. So that's actually a factual thing. Um, you know, Kurds are different. Like, they're not all exactly the same. Different groups have different beliefs. Um, but with Nancy Pelosi, I mean, it's just embarrassing, right? I mean, she just, there's, there's literally no part of her day which functions in the idea of to try to get something done. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say things that are real. She's constantly posturing, and they come out and run to the microphones like they're telling on their little brother. It, it really is pathetic. Yeah. Aaron? This is what happens when you have the impeachment thing hanging over everything because they might not talk about it in the meeting, but it's there between every interaction that they're going to have. They're not going to be focused on the main issue. They're going to be focused on the fact that Nancy Pelosi wants nothing more than to get Trump out of office, and he hates them because he knows that they're trying to undermine him at every turn. So how do you negotiate on something like that? And it overlooks the fact that there are lives at stake with what they decide to do in Syria and in Turkey. Uh, but they didn't talk about that. They come talk about, well, they called me names, and so I wasn't going to stand for that. So I walked out. It's childish. You know, it's immature, and it really is embarrassing for the country. Yeah. Rob, do you agree? Yeah, I, think, I think the big thing here, right, is that people don't understand how Trump operates, or they don't want to understand how Trump operates. He, he's a bull in a china shop. He's been his entire life. He doesn't hold anything back. And, and that's, quite frankly, why people voted for him, mm -hmm. was to be this sort of thing. You know, I read that letter that he sent to Erdogan, and I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Other people think it was, you know, over the top. There was a, a Democratic congressman, uh, we have the story up at The Blaze, who basically said, I, I didn't think Trump was mental. 
It's like, have you people never been to the Northeast? Have you never talked to a New Yorker? Have yeah. you never talked to somebody from Queens? This is how people talk. They, they're braggadocious. They, they make things bigger than they are. It's just Trump's personality. He didn't have a meltdown. That's just who he is. Maybe we should try and figure out how to work with him. He's also not the one who was standing up shaking his finger in anyone else's face. He looked pretty pretty calm when he was sitting there, as, as he usually is. Um, you know... It's interesting, too, because talking about this picture, if we can show that um, one more time, we really have, I mean, feminists all over the place. Oh, my gosh. So brave. So courageous. This is what I want my daughter to look like when she grows up. This is what I want to teach her to do. Um, Stu, can you tell me if the picture were reversed and it was Donald Trump standing up? shaking his finger in Nancy Pelosi's face, how that would be perceived. <laughs> not well, uh, not well. Uh, and, I, you know, we keep seeing this pattern from feminists today when, when some, you know, a woman stands up and either points or continues to talk past a buzzer or whatever, and they make these out to be these big feminist statements of power. And, and, and it's like, if, if, you're, if your statement of power is standing up, pointing your finger at someone, you don't have any power. Right? Like, that's just nothing. You know, anyone can do that. Um, it is, uh, I mean, she's, she's the, you know, the Speaker of the House. Like, she doesn't need to stand up and point. It's just like this, everything's symbolic. Everything's imagery. And none of this is real. None of it. They just continually come out to these microphones looking to posture themselves for the next election. I, 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 at some point, it would be nice if they started focusing on getting something done. But then if they did that, it would be terrifying because they'd have something done. And what they want to do is usually negative. So maybe this is better. I think a real demonstration of power would be to not be offended by somebody calling you a name because you are the Speaker of the House and you shouldn't be that insecure to where somebody calls you a third-rate politician. Mm -hmm. You take that to the heart and you just have to run out of the meeting. I mean, that would be a real demonstration of power. That's how I would tell my daughter to probably handle that situation, but that's just me. Well, and Rob, to your point, um, you know, she uh, she said, what did she say in the in her little clip? She said, um, well, he is not a politician because whatever her little yes. zinger was that didn't even make sense. I mean, it's like, well, he's not a politician, but at least he's saying it to your face because Nancy Pelosi and all of those people in there have basically called him Hitler. Right. Like they're saying terrible things about him on Twitter behind his back in press conferences. I mean, I got to give him a little bit of credit for at least having the chutzpah to say it directly to her, to her face. Right. Right. And I think that that's Washington. Right. Washington. Nobody talks to anybody to their face. And to your point, Stu, about the. You know, if they got something done, then they'd have something done, but then they couldn't raise more money. Right. Yeah. You know, the whole industry of Washington, D.C. is send more money and next time we'll get this fixed. We saw it with the Republicans throughout the 2000s with the Tea Party, and now we're seeing it here. It's the exact same thing. It's the send more money. And, you know, look, for all the horrible things that Schumer and Pelosi say about Trump, the least they can do is return his donations. I mean, they, can they at least send back the money that he's donated to their campaigns in the past? It's just, it's just disrespectful. <laughs> Who do you think had the meltdown, Aaron? Oh, Pelosi clearly is melting down. She left the meeting. I mean, that's the ultimate meltdown. Yeah. You can't even stay in the room. So it's, yeah. it, it becomes, I, honestly, I think that they've overplayed this impeachment thing already, mm-hmm. too, right? Because it's just repetitive now that every single thing the president does, they're like, he's, oh, he's losing it. Yeah. He's not he's not fit for office. Like it doesn't even that. have any value when you no. say it. it doesn't even impact you anymore. Stu, yeah. your thoughts. It's, Megan Kelly said this in this interview the other night where she said every, when you turn everything up to an 11, there's no such thing as an 11. Yeah. And that it's, it's very true. It's what they do all the time. They turn this into an activist career that the media 
and politicians. And it, at some point, there's no effect. There's no longer an effect on people. I, I think half the country, you know, I think the media legitimately, when something comes out about the Trump administration that is, you know, potentially really serious, and no one reacts, and they're just puzzled. Well, it's because you just told us the last 90 things he tweeted were the end of his presidency. Of course we don't believe you. And, and it's not just Trump, right? It's, it's been the every Republican since I've been elected. Yeah. They've been saying these things about. Sure. And, you know, the, the one thing, today is the 1,001 day of the Trump presidency, Right. For 1,001 days, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, everybody in the Democratic caucus, in the entire media, gets up every day and says, this is the day we're going to get Trump. Mm -hmm. And every day, it doesn't happen. It's no wonder we feel so tired all the time, right? We've been dealing with that for over 1,000 days. You say 1,001. It started way before that because they were saying it before he even was inaugurated. Yeah, I'm just doing the inauguration. I mean, it's Groundhog Day every single day. We are living in Groundhog Day. I think we've all aged 10 years since, <laughs> since that happened. Back in a minute. Ugh. Thousand one days. Oh my God. Isn't that like... Yeah. It's Glenn Kessler tweeting me yesterday. Before we get back into the news of the day, we want to thank our sponsor, Genesis 950. So Genesis 950 is a lifesaver in my house, being the crazy cat lady that I am. Uh, You know, they're like throwing up hairballs and stuff. And it always happens to be on the carpet. They never do it on the wood. There's wood floor in like 90% of my house, just on the carpet and the rugs that they decide to yack up their hairballs. I don't know. They have comfortable padded uh, steps as they do it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, And Stu, I know your wife has used Genesis 950. You guys have pets. Yep, uh, we do. I know uh, Pat Gray as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was saying that uh, he had professional cleaners come in to clean his carpet uh, in one particular spot, didn't even get it out, and then he used uh, Genesis uh, 950, and it actually got it out right away. So he wasted a bunch of his money, which I was happy to remind him of. (laughs) So if you are thinking about maybe replacing your carpets, uh, maybe they're just old, they're stained. It doesn't have to be pet stuff. They're just, they're stained. They have odors, whatever the case may be. Before you do that, that's a huge investment. You got to try Genesis 950 instead. Uh, Genesis 950, it breaks down the bonds of the stains and odors. So they're gone for good. Um, It's safe for your family. It's safe for your pets. We've used it here. We love it. You got to go to uh, Genesis950.com. You will get a free spray bottle and discount code, uh, discount using code Blaze. You can also get it on Amazon for those of you who just kind of live on Amazon. You're like, I'm not going to go to another website. I just I, I order everything in my life on Amazon. OK, that's fine. Go to Amazon. But if you want the free spray bottle and the discount, you use promo code blaze at Genesis 950.com. By the way, you can clean your entire house with it. It's not just it's not just carpets, bathrooms, kitchens, countertops, oil and grease stains on your engine. Come on. This stuff is amazing. Genesis 950.com. Uh, OK, so. Elijah Cummings, we just found out this morning that Elijah Cummings passed away. Uh, Representative Elijah Cummings, of course, from Baltimore, the age of 68. Um, Thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends. I I mean, I had heard that he was sick, right? He had just been hospitalized. Mm -hmm. Didn't get a lot of details on um, what exactly the health issues were. Um, So I did think, I mean, I was shocked. I don't know if any of you felt the same thing. Yeah. You you were or you weren't? I was definitely shocked. Oh, okay. yeah. The news came out, I think, late overnight, you know, 2.33 mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And nobody really knows, even now, I think, what was going on with him. And so it's just one of those tragedies that kind of hits you. Cause yeah. You think that he's, every indication was that he was going to be coming back soon, coming back to work. Um, and so, yeah, thoughts and prayers with the family. Um, 
it's nice to see, you know, he was one of those guys that even the people who disagreed with him politically still had a respect for him. Mm-hmm. He was a person who had values and he stuck to those values and he fought for those values. And so whatever you think of that politically, um, it's good to see, you know, people showing him that respect. And those are the kind of politicians you want. You don't want people who are taking a position or taking a stance because it's expedient to them, because it benefits them. You want somebody who truly believes in what they're fighting for. And even if you disagree with it, those are the kind of people that you can work with because you know where they're coming from. You know what they're getting from them. Yeah. And even President Trump, uh, he tweeted uh, actually a really, I thought, a really classy, classy tweet from Trump. It said, my warmest condolences to the family and many friends of Congressman Elijah Cummings. I got to see firsthand the strength, passion and wisdom of this highly respected political leader, his work and voice on so many fronts will be very hard, if not impossible, to replace. Still, that's a good that's a good tweet from Trump, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, are you surprised? Uh, no, I mean, I, you know, he's not going to trash the guy that, you know, t- five hours after he dies, probably. But, uh, I mean, you know, they got into a big fight recently. That was the whole Baltimore right. thing. We had, right, uh, exactly. We had Scott here yesterday, who was, the, you know, that yeah. was uh, tied into that whole story. Um, you know, I... It's it's I mean it's nice that he's taking a moment. I think you know most people are respectful enough to kind of step back off the politics. You kind of do get a moment of realizing how dumb some of the political stories are. Yeah. I mean, like these back and forths really are somewhat meaningless in the end mm-hmm. of the day. Um, but I mean, I, I did like the fact that the Washington Post, as it's only seemingly his only big you know uh, responsibility in his life, his only accomplishment was targeting. Or he was a target of Trump. Yes. Was yes. I believe the way that they was put their it. headline? Yes, it's uh, and we have that here. It's oh, yeah. Representative Elijah Cummings, Democratic leader and regular Trump target, <laughs> like, ties at so disrespectful. It's ridiculous. You know, he did, and that that tweet actually brings you back to a time like in the '80s when Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill were best friends. They, you know, they were like the uh, the what was it, the sheepdog and the Coyote in that old cartoon where, you know, you'd fight, fight, fight all day, but at night you'd, you know, have a coffee or have some beer or do something like that. And I think that we need more of that where people actually can agree to disagree and can fight when they're in the, the arena. And the other thing that, that, that gets me, and it, it's as I get older, 68's not that old. No. And no. that, that's, that's what, you know, I used to think 68 was old. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as you get closer to it. Now you're like, I hope 68's yeah, not like, that old yeah, exactly. because I'm almost there. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You think of how many people are running for president who are above 70. You know, 68 is far too young for somebody to be passing away like that. That's a great point. The president, mm-hmm. Joe Biden, Elizabeth Bernie, Warren, Elizabeth Bernie. Warren, all, all of the top. Mike Gravel. He was 89. Oh. Mike Gravel. No. He did drop out, though. Did he? He did. Oh, sadly. that's a bummer. He, he was getting so much traction. So I know. And then it just, I know. it just went away. <laughs> um, Aaron, uh, we mentioned briefly the the column that you have up at theblaze.com right now about a story that we have already, we've discussed on a previous episode. What happened with the Fort Worth police officer who uh, shot and killed the resident who was in her home, uh, Atatiana? Tatiana Jefferson. Tatiana Jefferson. Um, so, of course, they went through her backyard, did not identify themselves, did not announce that they were there, shined their flashlights, made some rummaging noises. She comes to the window. He yells at her to put her hands up, shoots her without identifying himself again or finishing his thought, by the way. Uh, he, of course, has been charged with murder. We found out today that they released a statement, Fort Worth Police Department, that she was pointing a gun through the window. Mm-hmm. Does because that change anything for you, Aaron? It doesn't change. It shows me that she was aware that she was wanting to protect the eight-year-old who was in that home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 2.30 in the morning and somebody's coming into your backyard. What are you going to assume besides there's an intruder who is going to threaten my life? 
I mean, any gun owner, anybody who's worried about defending their home would do the same thing. And so you hate to see, like, you understand that the facts have to come out and what's happening is going to come out. But you hate to see it painted in any way that she may have been a threat in her own home, that her possession of a gun or her pointing of a gun justified in any way the officer's actions. Uh, You just hate to see that put into the narrative in a way that that does that because she was defending herself. She was justified and she was an innocent victim. You can't be a threat in your own home. You're not committing any crime. If, if somebody comes to your house, you have the right to do what you have to do. So. Yeah. Um, does this add to, to the, uh, they released the statement, right? Fort, Fort Worth police released the statement that said they made sure to say, and they released the body cam footage with a still photo. Oh, look, there was mm-hmm. a firearm in here. Oh, by the way, we recovered a firearm at the scene. And it's like, I realize that the facts need to come out, but it just kind of seems that they're trying to fit this narrative here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it, it changes anything as far as, it doesn't change that Legally. they were wrong the way they approach it. It doesn't change that he should be charged with murder. It doesn't change that it's a terrible tragedy. One thing it changes a little bit for me is at least it gives me some sort of explanation mm-hmm. as to what the hell was going on. Yeah. I mean, because... Uh, You look at the video and you're like, wait a minute, you just saw someone walk into a room and you start shooting? Forget the fact that you're a police officer. If you are walking up there and someone's pointing a gun at you, there is a natural human response, even though he's in the wrong. He's worried he's going to get shot. So he tries to not get shot. Um, That does not make it okay. He should still be charged with murder. Everything about the incident is terribly wrong and tragic. But, like, it does, to me, diffuse a little bit of this idea that he's just, like, coming in the backyard to kill a black person, which is kind of the way the media has presented it. Um, You know, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. But, I mean, it it is – you can see it happening um, in in a way a really just a confluence of awful coincidences. You know, they're in the back there. He's probably going back there to really see if there's a burglar there. She walks out. Totally understandably, look with a gun after she hears those noise. He's got a gun pointed. Now they've got two guns pointed at each other. As we know from Reservoir Dogs, that does not turn out uh, particularly well. Uh, so, I mean, it, it does at least explain how it happened, but it doesn't make it any better. What I, what I still want to know, and maybe this has come out and I haven't seen it, is what were the officers told when they were responding to that call? Were they told mm. that it was a burglary? Were they told that it was a welfare check? Because I do want to know, like, what mindset did they have? As yeah, because you said there were conflicting reports, there right? There were. Like, the, the call sheet said burglary, something said open structure. And so we don't know what mindset they came into, whether they thought they were going to encounter a threat or they thought, as the neighbor called in said, was that they were going to check on somebody whose lights were on and door was open. And he did call the non-emergency yes, he did. line. Again, everything about the story is terrible. Um, you know, but, I, you know, it's like if you just happened, to, if a police officer stopped on the side of the road, walked out, and someone walked out their front door with the gun pointed at them, a human reaction is going to be to point a gun. It does not make it cool, yeah. um, but that is the way these things can go down. Yeah. Rob, last word. Yeah, it, 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 I, I don't even know how to process things like this. But what I hope is that the gun rights organizations stand up mm-hmm. for this woman because we see it a lot, and, and you hate to say it, but the NRA doesn't stand up a lot when it's people of color mm-hmm. that exercise their, their Second Amendment rights, and they should. Yeah. And I would love to see um, the NRA and, and other groups just come out and, and strongly say, no, this is not what should have happened. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. I just keep wondering, like, could you imagine what would have happened? No, there are a lot of you, maybe you're watching on YouTube, you're watching YouTube Live, maybe you're watching on Facebook, the Facebook stream, maybe you're just watching on the Blaze TV app and you're not listening to the podcast. Okay. Remember, today is the last day to enter our contest. All you have to do, you go to uh, the podcast audio podcast, wherever you get your audio podcast, 
go rate it five stars, obviously. Uh, subscribe. Show us that you have rated it and subscribed. And if you want to throw in a review and flatter us all, that would be awesome, too. Maybe we'll put it on television. Who knows? Um, but go do that. Set, take a screenshot of it. Send it to me um, on whatever social media you use most. I prefer Twitter. It's easier for me to see there. But send it to me. We're compiling all of your entries into our contest to win free merch from our revamped, awesome new Blaze Media shop. We've got uh, T-shirts, we've got hats, we've got mugs, and those are the three things that you can pick from. You can pick a T-shirt, a hat, a mug, from whatever whatever show you want. If you're like, I mean, I like the news and why it matters, Sarah, but I don't really like your logo. That's fine. I get it. Mm -hmm. You can pick a Glenn Beck t-shirt. You can pick a Graham Allen Baby Lives Matter t-shirt. You can pick, what are some of the other hot sellers, You can get get a Colonel Glenn. Colonel Glenn. I love Colonel Glenn. Colonel Glenn t-shirt. It's a double-sided Colonel Glenn t-shirt. Ooh. Okay, so more bang for your buck or not buck because you're getting it for free. All you got to do to enter is uh, you got to go subscribe, rate the podcast, and send it to me. We're going to be doing the winners tomorrow. Overtime starts next. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. The city of San Francisco will no longer conduct business with 22 states that have laws limiting the ability of women to obtain abortions. Oh, my gosh. So brave. So courageous. Uh, San Francisco Mayor London Breed said every day in this country, women's reproductive rights are threatened and we have to fight back. Just as we restricted spending with states that have laws that discriminate against LGBTQRSTUV people. okay, I added some. We are standing up against states that put women's health at risk and that are actively working to limit reproductive freedoms. Uh, City employees are also going to be prohibited from business travel to the states on the list, which is not surprising because they always do this crap. Um, Aaron, I believe that you wrote the story that's Mm -hmm. up at theblaze.com. Give us some insight on this. Well, they're targeting states that have laws that limit abortion um, before 24 weeks. The time of viability. viability. So okay. if you if you have any law that says you can't get an abortion for any reason, whether it's a heartbeat bill or a total abortion ban or whatever, you're on this list. And so it's half the country mm-hmm. to where they won't deal with the corporations that are headquartered there. You can't travel there for business just because of abortion. And I don't even see the connection, you know? Like what what does your business have to do with whether somebody can get an abortion? Are you sending people there to get abortions? Because <laughs> if you're not, then this doesn't really make any sense. But it's just a grandstanding thing. It's just trying to push public opinion mm-hmm. against Mm-hmm. You see them using the term reproductive freedom, reproductive rights. It's so disingenuous because it's not even what it's about at all. No women's health is put at risk by not being able to get an abortion after or before 24 weeks. Mm-hmm. But this is the this is the rhetoric that gets pushed out there, and this is what they're doing. Stu, are you really happy that San Francisco is tackling the major issues that are taking oh, place yeah. in their city? Important things for the people in their city, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, you know, I don't even understand this. Like this happened with when they were um, boycotting. Um, uh, I think it was Georgia. Or yes. what I mean, the bathroom bill. Yes. And it's like, they're like, oh, the film industry is boycotting Georgia. And the people who work for the film industry in Georgia are like, hey, we're all on your side on this. Like, we're all supporters of, of abortion and, or, 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 or of transgender movement. Yeah. And you're screwing us. Like, it's not the person, these other people here. It's a really dumb, stupid way for, for government to deal with a problem. And we're at a time where... 
you know, there's just radicalism tied to this. I mean, we just watched a debate the other night where there's 12 candidates on stage and only one, one of them would commit to not to restricting abortion in the third trimester. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Tulsi Gabbard, who did at least say that, is, is expressing a, an opinion that is opposed by 70 percent. I mean, of, 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 of people, 70 percent of people say, oh, well, no, no, not past, not that late. Um, you know, most people, even if they're for abortion, are saying only in the first trimester. Every single Democrat Party uh, party candidate is far to the left of the average person and the, even the average Democrat. Um, and, you know, this is the sort of stuff that you do to grandstand and get people to pay attention to you and get donations. And, you know, it's, it's the way uh, it's the Gavin Newsom approach to rising your way up through politics. Right. He's an absolute nobody. He starts making all these crazy statements. He becomes popular in the media. And now he's governor. Like there's a way this is a this is a well-worn path for politicians and everyone tries to replicate it. Yeah. Rob, you think maybe they would focus on like scooping the crap up off of their streets instead of this? I was going to say that, but they've they've actually you say the corporations, they can't use corporations. So they've limited the amount of pooper scoopers that they can buy mm-hmm. based on what states they come from. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to go to I'd like to go to San Francisco and see if there's like a Coca-Cola machine in the San Francisco City Hall mm-hmm. or if those were taken out because that's it. Right. They never follow through with it. They, mm-hmm. they make this big thing that they're going to do it and then they never follow through with it. And, and it's to our point earlier in the show, it's all about the money. They get the money. But what's really interesting to me with the abortion thing is the woman that replaced Cecile Richards, right, mm-hmm. at Planned Parenthood is no longer there because she wasn't radical enough mm. for Planned Parenthood. She just said this week that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, oh my which used to be what the Democratic Party stood for. Mm-hmm. But now they've gone, there's no other country in the world that has as liberal abortion laws. They, they, they say, well, you know, go look to Europe. Europe thinks we're crazy mm-hmm. letting people kill a baby up until like the moment it's born. Yeah, um, I want to go back for a second, Stu, to what you said about Tulsi Gabbard, because I know I, I try not to let Twitter be like the representative of the average American, but it's really disheartening hearing so many people uh, have been coming at me telling me, you know, oh, well, what about in the in the case of the mother's health? And well, what about and we're talking about third trimester, mm-hmm. right? Well, but I mean, if the mother's health is in danger, obviously, what do you want to kill the mother? And well, you know, there are medical reasons. What about when it's medically necessary? And it's just really disheartening to hear because I try to explain to them like, it's not medically necessary, though, because you can have an emergency C-section and get the baby out much quicker then if you aborted it in the third trimester and it would take one to two days, it's like, in some respects, I feel like Planned Parenthood has done their job, right? They've been so effective at spreading this messaging that you've got regular people who truly think that we here at this table want to restrict a mother who, you know, is in desperate need of health care and could die. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a pretty popular message in the Democratic Party. But when you step back, I mean, polling shows about 14 percent of people believe the third abortion, the third term abortion uh, is should be legal. 14 percent. This is not a massive part. Uh, you know, again, it's just I, that all 14 percent are on Twitter and very active. very active on Twitter. And I think I, I think a lot of people I just read a poll um, and it was from a few years ago. I believe it was a national review, but they were citing a poll from 2013. I think it was that only about a third of or no, it was about half of people actually know that Roe versus Wade has to do with abortion. Like they just they're even tied to each other. And and like it's just a generalized thing. They've been able to make this um, this pro-choice point 
And, you know, I think it's one of the greatest pieces of branding in American history. I mean, the idea that, like, it's choice, that's nothing to do with what we're talking about here. It's just like saying murder is pro-choice. Like, anything can be pro-choice. There's always choices. Theft is (laughs) pro-choice. Like, you can choose whether to do it or not. The point is, what are you doing? And you're ending a life. And that's kind of the big problem. You know, uh, know, we get these crazy people, and Twitter's a, a great you know, a great source of them. There's a doctor on there today saying that a fetus is not a baby. A fetus is not a baby. And it's like, what are you talking? What the hell is? It's not a Volkswagen. You know, it's not a roller coaster. It's, it's, a, it's a human offspring, as the definition implies. Uh, but, you know, there's enough of the, I think there's enough people who really feel weird about talking about it and don't want to go near it. And so you kind of step back to like, well, if I take a position, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm telling some people that I might like that they're horrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking options off the table for me if, if something doesn't go the way I want to go. And a lot of people think that way. I'd just rather stay out of it. If you don't put a lot of thought into it, okay, women's choice, well, they should be able to do what they want. Think about it a little bit longer. Most people who do go, go down, the, I think, the right road on the topic. Yeah. Uh, so Barack Obama won't endorse his own vice president here in America, but has endorsed uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau for re-election. Apparently, collusion is okay when Barack Obama is doing it with Canada. Hmm. Um, so, interesting here. He, uh, he, said, he said, I was proud to work with Justin Trudeau as president. He's a hardworking, effective leader who takes on big issues like climate change. The world needs his progressive leadership now, and I hope our neighbors to the north support him for another term. Uh, Very interesting because Justin Trudeau should, he should not like Justin Trudeau because of his past, right? Right. Isn't that what I, I mean, he, hello, he he just had the scandal where he wore blackface and it was this terrible thing. And now Barack Obama is endorsing him. Can you help me out with this one, Rob? As a a Canadian, I'm appalled. Okay, so Rob is a Canadian dual citizen, as a Canadian citizen. I'm appalled. Um, But all this goes to prove is that it's not about what you've done in your past. It's not about your your history. It's about about, can you get my agenda? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, a boot. It's not a boot. Um, You can't, can you not, you can't get this agenda passed. It's all about the agenda with these people. We saw it with Bill Clinton Mm -hmm. um, when he quite blatantly sexually harassed an intern if he was the CEO of any other, other country yeah. <laughs> if he was the CEO of any uh, any other company in the United States he would have been shown the door unless it was NBC News I was just unless it was Matt Lauer I'm sorry or Harvey Weinstein there's all these little yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of asterisks let's just say should yeah but Bill Clinton put you know went for the policies that they wanted it's it's all about the policies there and in the whole foreign collusion thing I mean as Glenn has shown with with the Ukraine as we've seen in in Israel, the Obama team has meddled in tons of foreign elections. Mm-hmm. That's just what he does. But for some reason, you know, when somebody tries to do it here, it's the end of the world. It, it reminds me of that scene in The Godfather when Michael tells Kate when she says, but he kills a man, presidents don't kill men. And, and Michael goes, you know, that there's, what he, there's so much you should learn or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody does it around the world should we like it no should we encourage it no but when when you sit and think you know do they do it It, it's just crazy to me but again as a canadian i'm appalled well i would also like to point out there was no collusion we could talk about obstruction but donald trump didn't even do that right i know uh aaron your thoughts 
Justin Trudeau wore blackface so much that he can't even like tell you that those were the only three times he did it. He's, he wouldn't commit to saying these are the only three it's times. It's kind of like his thing. Yeah, it's like think, his, yeah think about how many move. times you'd have to wear it to get caught three times. Yeah, he, he must have been doing it like every weekend. He's bracing himself yeah. for more pictures and, to come out. You know, if Obama wants to endorse him, okay, fine. But you could at least mention it. You could at least acknowledge the fact that as a black leader, as Barack Obama is in this country, maybe you mention the fact that this guy that you're endorsing thought it was funny to put on an afro and do black face and black arms and black legs, like the whole full body paint, and acknowledge that and at least say, admit that you're accepting this about him mm-hmm. and let that be the standard going forward when somebody else gets caught in something like this. Look. I mean, and I, you know, like uh, he can endorse whoever he wants, um, but that's kind of the bigger point is that he's not doing it with Joe Biden. It's like, again, this guy had one, he was able to pick anyone in the country to be the person one heartbeat away from the presidency. He chose Joe Biden. And now with Joe Biden having a real chance to win the presidency, he won't step out and say, this guy's the best qualified. Obviously, I picked him as vice president. Of course, I think he's the most qualified. Of course, I think he's the best. They won't do it. It's an, it, it, I mean, I really do think if there is one endorsement out there that can make a difference, it's that one. You know, we see that AOC and uh, Omar and I think Tlaib are now going to do yes. Bernie Sanders. I don't know if they're, what they're doing with Bernie Sanders, but they're going to endorse them for sure. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it is, you know, somewhat significant, I think. It, only between Warren and Sanders, maybe some people are won over. The credibility of Barack Obama being on the campaign trail and saying, hey, Joe's the guy. I, know, I, love, I love all these other ones. That guys, you know, guys and ladies, they're great. However, Joe's the guy. I mean, I, I know he's the guy. I've known him. I've seen him under pressure. He's seen everything we haven't seen. And what his lack of endorsement says is, I've seen something behind the scenes that should terrify you. <laughs> and I mean, it's, I, if they're not going to, they're going to exploit that like crazy. Yeah. Uh, as we go as we go on later in the in the campaign. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll. Who won the debate? This is interesting. Tulsi Gabbard, eighty-one percent, by far won this one, uh, followed by Elizabeth Warren at nine percent. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders were tied at five percent. Although I mean, the audience likes Gabbard, they do. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if she actually. Our won audience. The debate. Our, yeah. I was about to say. All right, yeah, all right. The Blaze audience likes Gabbard, and they like Yang a lot more than the other two can- other candidates. And I would say if they put a sarcastic, you know, Donald Trump as one of the yes, options, that would he probably would have won. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> or Ron Paul, because Ron Paul wins all, all internet polls. All internet polls. That's right. I don't know. Trump and Trump thing? and Ron Paul would be a thing. Yeah, that would be. Like, that would like, be yeah, back battle. in back in 2012, all my Ron Paul friends thought that Ron Paul was going to be the nominee, and in 2008, because he won every internet poll. Everyone, by a lot. Le- by a lot. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Oh, poor Ron Paul. Uh, today's <laughs> poll, what is the biggest issue for 2020? All right, here are your options. You ready, mm-hmm. guys? Healthcare, the economy, immigration, or gun rights? The biggest issue for 2020. Uh, it's open-ended because I'm not sure exactly, you know, I mean, what's the most important one? What's going to make the biggest impact? All right, Stu, I don't know. I don't write the questions, okay? I just ask them. Oh, that's, just, that's why you have a conversation. You don't have to yell at me. Um, <laughs> I, I guess, I, you know, immigration, guns. Uh, I mean, gosh. Uh, the economy should be, right? I mean, the economy yeah. is like it keeps the fundamental health of the country going, and, and, and it's, been, it's been really positive. I mean, gun rights, they're all important. They're all important. I, I would, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess immigration wins this poll, though, because it always does. Okay. Whenever they put immigration as one of the options, it always it's wins. true. I would say it's the economy because, A, Trump needs a good economy in order to have a strong 2020 showing. And the Democrats' whole platform depends on saying the economy is going to be trash unless we get all these things, all these policies we have. So on both sides, the economy really kind of weighs heavy. Rob? Even though my friend Daniel Horowitz is screaming immigration in the back of my head, I'm going to say it's the economy because that's how people vote. And people if, vote on the economy. And if the economy dies, Trump, I don't think Trump could win. 
I mean, he's the one yes. thing that's keeping him yeah. around very competitive right now. If that were to, if we were going to recession right now, I think I don't think there's any chance Trump wins. Yeah, and I will say to your point, Rob, um, I think the biggest issue for Trump getting reelected would be the economy. I'm really worried about gun rights, though. Yeah, I'm really worried about gun rights because. I mean, again, don't send me hate mail. I'm voting for the guy. But Trump hasn't been 100%, right? He banned bump stocks. He's done a couple other things that have been questionable. He's always been that way. Right, which is fine. But then on the other side, if any of these other people get elected. It's horrific. Beto's coming to your door to get your AR-15. <laughs> Beto ain't coming to my door for anything. He can go back to the car dealership and do his little inflatable gig. All right. Is this inter-Hispanic inter fighting we're seeing right now? <laughs> yes, it is. And it gets bad because we have tempers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think the biggest issue for 2020 is by going to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Thank you, gentlemen, for being you, here. We'll you. see you tomorrow. You even called him Beto, not Robert Frank. Yes, or Bob Frank. I know, Bob Frank. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.